the turtles are successfully saved welcome back to forward progress live here on the forward progress youtube channel part of the hammer betting network and powered by pinnacle sportsbook i'm producer jason after my week off there in the galapagos island i'm back you 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 could catch me here every friday on the forward progress youtube channel alongside just matthew freeman and jack miller this week no john legates but we want to give a quick shout out to him for going zero carbs throughout the entire month of january that shit is not easy good for him on and we wish him well you'll see him you're going to see him still on this channel. You'll see him here next Wednesday when we have our big prop extravaganza show. If you don't know uh, what that is, subscribe to this channel and you will not miss out when we go live. It's five hours straight of uh, Super Bowl props. So uh, I know you guys are here for Super Bowl props, but if you want to check out our show next Wednesday too, make sure you subscribe here. And then as always, hit that like button. Just gives us a little boost in the algorithm. Um, I mean, a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to talk about here. Before we get into our Super Bowl prop show, I want to remind everyone, that this show is sponsored by Pinnacle. Give a quick shout out to them. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We preach line shopping on this channel with everyday competitive odds. Pinnacle should be one of your available outs. If you're looking to support the show, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle, your trusted sports book for 25 years. Bet smart, bet Pinnacle. Must be 90 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly and not available in the US. We fi- we're finally here. Last, last, uh, last show of the season, last game of the season. It's bittersweet. I love the Super Bowl, but it's always like a little bit sad because, you know, we get, to, we get to go 32 weeks without football. But uh, how do you guys, just to start off the show here, how do you guys kind of attack uh, betting a game that's what, that's like the only game on the board? There's tons of prop menus out there across multiple different books with so many different props. Matt, we'll start with you. I'm just curious to get your big picture thoughts when betting on a game like the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, you know, like one of the truisms is that, you know, like if you like an over, you generally want to bet it early. If you like an under, you probably want to wait as long as you reasonably can uh, till kickoff. Uh, The one thing I would say, like as a sort of um, exception to that is if if there's an under that is like, I wouldn't say mispriced, but like obviously wrong, probably just bet that early mm-hmm. just while you still can because there are sharp betters who are just crawling through the markets and if they see something that is just clearly wrong even if it's an under they're just going to bet it so you know you but i would say in general if you like overs probably bet them early unders you probably want to bet late and then i'd say um you know game props and actually just one one quick thing kind of big picture thing uh i like unders in general for the the Super Bowls. Uh I mean I tend to like unders in general for games, but uh especially for the Super Bowl when you do have more public money coming in uh and the lines do get a little more inflated, I still think that there is a pretty significant edge on betting, you know, for things not to happen. I'm betting like for a lack of excitement. And I think that also applies to the like the game props. So betting on nothing to happen, like betting on no safety, no overtime, whatever it is. Like betting on inaction tends to be profitable um, just because people tend to want to bet on like the yes side of a proposition. Uh, And then like correlated with that, often if you're betting on something not to happen, there might be heavy juice attached to it. And people generally don't want to bet things with big juice. But if something has, you know, minus 900 odds, but that thing has like a 95 to 98% chance of not happening, then there's still value there even if you're laying minus 900 juice. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, that is uh, an area where there can still be some value. And then I would just say, especially for the Super Bowl, like you want to have as many accounts 
as possible at different sports books so that in a worst case scenario you're just line shopping and you you know win a little bit more money or you don't lose as much money but in a best case scenario you have the ability to have some middles and some arbitrage opportunities so i think you know obviously you want sports books at different accounts all the time but especially for the super bowl because there are so many different props out there like this is this is the two week period where you can really attack on props and books can't really do or won't do too much about it because they're trying to cover so much ground and there's so much other money that is also coming in on props that they can tolerate a little bit more like the action from sharper betters. So uh, yeah, you want as many uh, accounts at books as possible. And just to add on to there, always try and look for two-way markets as well if you can. Like if it's mm -hmm. like if it's an anytime TD score, that's honestly why we love Pinnacle here over on this network. You can get the no if you want on any TD score that is available over on Pinnacle. There are some other books that offer that as well. So if you're on Ontario, you don't have Pinnacle, you might want to sign up for that just for the option of hitting like the no on Christian McCaffrey. I don't know, maybe who knows? We'll see. Uh, but who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> might be me. We'll see. Um, but. Uh, Jack, any any other thoughts here? Uh, just big picture thoughts on on your kind of process for betting the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that uh, the the idea of betting unders closer to the game, I, I think it's still like slightly true, but I do think that that was a lot more true like five or ten years ago. Yes, um, I definitely agree with with Friedman's idea of like just looking through everything, getting accounts. I was just going to bring up like digging really deep. Like th this is the really the one game a year where you can bet on truly ridiculous stuff. Um, and the more ridiculous the market, the harder it is for the books to price. So I think that there's probably the biggest edge on the stuff that they haven't been offering all year. Um, it's just that you have to kind of look around for it a bit more. That's where having the accounts comes in. Um, and then I think that, you know, with it being such a big betting event, and I, I guess like now there's probably like, pressure to bet and to have action on the game i i would say that since limits are higher for the super bowl on most things like if you're looking at you know a line on sunday morning um i think that it makes sense to approach it with some skepticism just because that number has been out there for a week and so i, I guess just lending some respect to the market um for a one game slate on the the biggest game of the year uh, makes some sense especially as we get right up to kickoff yeah, and I, I I appreciate that, Jack. I see your questions in the chat as well, guys. We'll get to those in just a second here. Love that uh, little piece of information there from Jack and Matthew. Always have a, a available outs. And uh, yeah, just, just dig deep, guys. I know what I'm going to be doing this weekend. It's going to be on my couch scrolling through odd screens just to kind of see what I can what I can get, what's not usually offered, and just kind of make it like come up with, try and like beat markets that aren't usually offered, like you said there, Jack. Um, let's yeah. kind of got... Go ahead, Matt. jumping in just to like to second something that, that Jack said. Um, the I don't remember exactly what it was that he said, but like kind of like looking at different bets and kind of diving in deep. One thing that I would say is like when you're doing that, you'll notice that there are a lot of correlated markets where they're basically asking for the same thing, um, but sometimes they have different prices. And so I would say, like, think of like for instance there could be a prop that has pacheco versus mccaffrey in rushing yards and then there would be a market that has most rushing yards in the game and those are like super correlated markets but mm -hmm. they are slightly different and the books might price them differently and so i would say like whatever it is that you're trying to solve like 
be sure that you're checking all of the different markets that are correlated to make sure that you're kind of getting the best price on something like that. Uh, and then also, um, like thinking about it in that way, if a market moves on one thing, it still might not move in the other thing. Cause like the, the odds makers are, are covering so much ground. And so even if something like moves in one area, something that could be really correlated to it maybe hasn't caught up yet. And so yeah. like, I would say one thing is just like, do like an overview of as much of the market as possible and kind of even get a sense that cause like different books, like phrase things differently. They, uh, they organize everything differently so that you can like have a sense in your head of like, okay, if I have this idea at DraftKings, I'm looking over here at FanDuel, Pinnacle, wherever, just like get a sense of how it is all organized because like that can actually help save you time later. Yeah. That, those are great points here. And, and also just a quick little thing, make sure you're kind of uh, reading what the the bet is offering correctly because I know this is just something small that happened earlier into the year, in the year uh, to us on this channel. Uh, it's bet it was betting an anytime touchdown score a guy scored on a return. Some books paid it out for that player, but some books paid it out as defense and special teams. So just double check the uh, the house rules and just make sure you're reading that what you're betting on is actually what you think you're betting on and not uh, and not some other stipulations there that might kind of make you your winner turn into a loser there. So just keep an eye on that. Those are all great points here. We're gonna kind of dive our way into matchup discussions just quickly there's a couple questions in the chat i think it has one of them here from justin has a little bit to a little bit with what we're talking about here um he's saying he wants to bet some iuke unders but he's saying it's only dropped since open right so i mean you want to usually bet bet unders closer to the closing uh to when the game starts here but for iuke it seems like sharp betters have targeted him and said you know what his line is a little bit too high let's keep betting him under and it keeps going down jack any thoughts on like how you would kind of attack Ayuk's Justin, if you can, I'm going to pull up the odds for Ayuk in just a second here, but any thoughts on that, uh, Jack? Yeah, I, I think that I don't have our exact Ayuk uh, projection up at the moment, but I, I do think that that kind of relates to the idea that like 20 years ago, maybe every number just got steamed up by the public. Mm. But nowadays, like if there's a number that's off, um, it, it's not a lock to go up, even if it's on a star player like Ayuk. Um, and and maybe with that example, it kind of pertains to being aware of the public narrative, like, like the public narrative, um, is that, you know, the chief shut down outside wide receivers. Um, mm. so that relates to Debo and Ayuk, obviously. Um, and so that's maybe an example where instead of betting a player up, the public might think like, Oh, you know, luxurious need and, and the chief secondary, like they're going to shut down, uh, Debo and Ayuk, I'm going to take the under. Um, but, in general, I would just assume that numbers are going to move toward efficiency um, more than anything. Yeah. So I think I guess the best thing there is just if you like it, just take it kind of. And, and just looking, not sure what you were looking for there, Justin, but Ayuk's numbers right now, 63 and a half. Uh, seems to be that everywhere for receiving yards around minus 115, 120. There's some 62 and a halves as well. Uh, and then his receiving or re receptions, excuse me, is around four and a half. Um, minus 119 towards the under here. Um, Matt, any thoughts on those numbers or you kind of just in agreement with Jack there where yeah. it should just progress to efficiency? So I would be curious to know why it is that Justin likes the unders and maybe it is that general idea that Jack was mentioning of, you know, mm. like the public perception of this is a really good Chiefs defense, especially in the secondary. They're vulnerable in the running game. Maybe that means McCaffrey runs a lot uh, and we just don't see much 
aerial action for the 49ers offense. So like if that is the general thesis for going against Ayuk, I can I can understand it. I kind of want to see the numbers uh, like of what he would maybe think is a reasonable bet. I actually have projections to the over on Ayuk, not like massively to the over. Mm-hmm. So I think you said 63 and a half around yeah. there's the number. Yeah, One I have receptions. Yeah, I have it at uh, 68.3. So, you know, like five yards to the over. That's not massive, but I would say actually if there is some public sentiment that is driving that number lower, if it continues to drive that number lower, I might actually end up betting the over there. Um, but that's that's the way that I would approach it. And also, I would just say generally, I do feel that this is kind of a little bit more of a Debo game than an IU game, even though like I have the projection to the over here, um, like the wide receivers who have given the chiefs a little more trouble are the guys who kind of have some of that inside outside versatility. And that is much more Debo Samuel than Brandon Ayuk. So um, I don't know if I had to be pessimistic on one of the wide receivers for the 49ers, it probably would be Ayuk, but at the current market, I don't think I would be taking any unders. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate that, guys. Justin, if you want to drop in the chat the numbers you're you're looking at or the number that you'd want to kind of bet on Ayuk, feel free to do so here. And uh, just before we get into these matchups, I want to give everyone a quick reminder. If you're looking to win some some very cool and very uh, elite pinnacle merch here, that's very rare. Uh, head over to the pinned comment there, uh, the hammer dot at forward slash the nails. And if you click that link, sign up uh, through that page. There's the first thing you'll see is like a little uh, button that says enter giveaway. You enter the giveaway, you have a chance at winning uh, some free pinnacle merch here. Good little pinnacle grab bag, sweater, golf shirt, a hat, water bottle, tons of cool stuff there. So if you're looking for some uh, some pinnacle swag, make sure you head over to the link in the pinned comment over there. Um, Justin just chimed in here with his reasoning. He said, my reasoning is that Snead is known to shut down wide receiver once, has given up zero touchdowns in 462 coverage snaps, and has only allowed five plus catches, 50 plus yards in games twice this season. Said he wished he got on it at the open at 65 and a half. Also, last thing here, Ayuk is known to be a man coverage beater, but I'm pinning the game script to be run heavy for the 49ers. So pretty much similar to what we kind of talked about uh, here on the show, which is pretty interesting uh, to see. Any, any thoughts, guys, or you want to you switch over to the discussion here? I, yeah, I think that's fair. It makes sense. I mean, the yeah. one thing with Snead is that he does travel. Like he doesn't just stay on one side mm. of the field. Uh, and like if I had to like try to pick a guy that he's probably going to be on. I think he probably matches up more with Ayuk than with Samuel, but like you never know for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, you got all the information there, Justin. So uh, do with that what you will. Let's talk about a little bit of a matchup, the matchup discussion here. Um, anything you guys are looking at specifically in this game that you feel you might have a, an edge on from like a matchup perspective, whether, whether it be, um, whether it be, I guess, San Fran's ability to run the ball versus Casey, who seems to be not, not very good at stopping the run here. Uh, anything you guys are looking at there, Matt, uh, let's start with you. Yeah. So I think from the perspective of the 49ers having the ball, it feels like their um, like their key matchup, their key players. I mean, Christian McCaffrey against the mm. chiefs run defense. Like I normally think that running on early downs is kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, like most teams do it too often, but the 49ers. So l- let me rephrase this. Every team that has done it this year running on early downs has a negative EPA, except for the 49ers. They're literally the one to, like, if you look at a chart, it's like every team over here and then the 49ers on their own, just on the other side of positive. And so, like, they've been elite on first and second downs in general, but, like, especially with their early down rushing efficiency, that's been exceptional for them. And I guess that's what happens when 
you have McCaffrey and you've got a really good play caller. Trent Williams and George Kittle are, you know, run game monsters. So uh, I think they are the one team where it actually does make sense for them to lean into the running game. And I don't see why they would do anything different than what they have done all year, given the matchup advantage that they have. So like we all know, like the Chiefs defense, number 28 in defensive rush EPA, missing Derek Noddy, missing Charles Omenehu. So like their defensive line will be thinner than it normally is. And they're already not good at run defense. So you put all that together and I think it means like we're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey, but you know, like the run game is a low ceiling type of mm -hmm. endeavor. Like if you, if you are successful in the run game, you are controlling the clock, uh, you know, grinding down the time of, uh, that the other team has to possess the ball, but you're also not putting up as many points as you probably could. So you're basically trading points for time. That's if you're successful. If you're unsuccessful, you're just capping your offense and you might be putting your defense in really negative field position. So like if the 49ers are going to win, they're going to need to have success running the ball because they are likely to be running the ball a lot. So like I would just say like from the perspective of thinking about how this game goes, the 49ers, I think we know they want to run the ball. I imagine that they have some success doing that. But even if they have success running the ball, they're choosing to run the ball instead of throw the ball. And like that on its own is kind of a, a low upside endeavor, but that's the way I'm looking at the matchup of when the 49ers have the ball, here's how things are going to need to go well for them to win. Yeah. I love those points there. Cause that's kind of part of like what got me, like when I think about this game, when I think about this matchup, what I think about the teams, what each team wants to do here, it's almost like, a gambit for the the Niners, right? Do you want to run the ball and like potentially limit your upside here on offense? But that's your strength, right? So it's like, wh wh how how is this game going to play out script wise? Always interesting to think that through here. Um, Jack, I want to ask you a couple of questions, or, or want to ask you about uh, overperformers and underperformers. You like to you're you're a big longest reception guy. We've seen it on the show throughout the entire year, right? So is there anything that you're seeing, whether it be in the longest reception market or in other markets, where you feel like uh, a certain player might be undervalued or overvalued given their line um, that that's being presented, Wh whether or not you would bet on it for sure. Like just anything you've noticed while combing through uh, these multiple different sports books. Not really at the moment. I, I have one bet uh, for later that I don't know if I'm supposed to bring that up now or, or later. Um, well, I do think we'll that, okay, then I'll, I'll wait on that. Um, just something, I guess being overly reactionary without a role change is something that I would, bring up i think for like the primary guys um all the lines are are pretty fair um i like justin watson's under one and a half catches uh where it opened up but it looks like it kind of got hit a little bit um so and the current market i'm not seeing a whole lot there um in terms of under versus over performers except for a bet that i'll bring up uh in a few minutes here just in just a second here yeah and we'll get to that bet in just a, a quick second here shortly but before we do i want to ask you guys like quick little mvp discussion here because i thought it's uh uh i'm like a little interesting little bet here uh for the mvp i'm just more so thinking about kelsey MVP because i've seen this kind of talks on twitter right now best price i found in market pre-show was around 17 to 1 and for those who don't know how the mvp voters work 80 percent of it is made up by 16 writers so 16 writers vote on the mvp but the other 20 percent is voted by fans so the Swifties are going to potentially come out here for Kelsey if he has a game. And I just took a, took a look at the last five Super Bowls. Who's won MVP? There's been two 
MVP winners who have not been quarterbacks. They've both been wide receivers. One of them obviously being the Rams or Bengals Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56. Cooper Cup had eight receptions, 92 yards, two TDs. Stafford that game had 26 completions, 283 passing yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And then in Super Bowl 53 with the Patriots, Julian Edelman had 10 receptions, 140, pa- 140 receiving yards, excuse me. And Brady had 21 completions, 262 passing yards, zero TDs, one interception. So you can kind of see the the what the floor is for re- receivers, I guess. Kelsey's a tight end, but basically a receiver. What he could do to potentially win the award. Would you be willing to like J- Matt? Would you be willing to take like a flyer on Kelsey at all at this at this price at 17 to one? Just with the the 20 percent voters impact don't know if that's being priced in just just wanted to think that out with you guys out loud here all right so i generally think that um a quarterback has to be pretty subpar in a performance Mm. for him not to win mvp in the super bowl if his team wins and so Mm -hmm. think about that game that you mentioned five years ago uh patriots rams was that like 13 to 3 it was something like like very low scoring game Brady didn't have a touchdown. He didn't have many passing yards. Like I think almost half, maybe even more of his passing yards went to Edelman. And so like, it was a very clean kind of like pivot towards like, all right, well, Brady doesn't really deserve it, but like Edelman had an awesome game and a similar thing with Cooper cup with how dominant he was in that offense. So like the path is we have a low scoring game. Mahomes doesn't throw three touchdowns. Maybe he doesn't even throw two touchdowns. Kelsey has over a hundred yards and he has a receiving touchdown. And I would say um, in that scenario, I would look at like SGPs uh, like go to DraftKings and like, think about, okay, what is it worth if Kelsey uh, like, if I parlay all this together, if he has over a hundred yards and he has a touchdown um, and the chiefs win uh, you know, and it's a lower scoring game, like what is that worth and then compare it to the odds in the Super Bowl market. What I would say is that if you are bullish on Travis Kelsey, then I think a way to attack it maybe would reasonably be Super Bowl MVP. Cuz if he does have a big game and it's a low scoring game, like he certainly does have a shot in 17 to 1. Like that's not terrible, but I would just say like all of the bull cases that you can make on a non-quarterback and how they get the MVP award, maybe just think about ways to leverage that scenario and SGPs. That's a great point there, Jack. Anything to add? Uh, I think the the Swifties factor is actually fairly notable here with the 20% fan vote because I think that if Kelsey comes out with like, you know, a, a game that it puts him in contention for MVP, um, but MVP would normally go to Mahomes in that case, I do think that like a 20% fan vote, which would likely be pretty far in Kelsey's favor um Mm -hmm. could make that closer to a toss-up I do agree with uh Matt that it's it's not likely but I I think that it is kind of like a unique case where the fan vote actually counts and we can expect the fan vote in the event of a a good Kelsey game to be overwhelmingly Kelsey favored um so I kind of am into 17 to 1 here um but I might be overestimating the Swifties, but I feel like I feel like it's impossible to overestimate them. I feel like I, I don't know. Here's here's a way of thinking about this: like the um, the receiving yardage prop right now for Kelsey is seventy and a half. I would not be betting that. Like if I like the over, I would just bet on him in an SGP or bet on him to win Super Bowl MVP. You know, because like if he has over 70 and a half receiving yards, 
there's a decent chance he has over a hundred and a touchdown, you know? And Mm -hmm. at that point I would just rather have exposure on him in the MVP market. So like, if I'm, if I'm thinking about like an upside scenario with a guy like Kelsey, yeah, like I'm going to want to have like a 17 to one or like an SGP type of investment, not just going over 70 and a half receiving yards. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you can kind of work out an SGP there. I guess, I guess the the right answer here is to just kind of, do your homework, work through the SGP results. And if you don't like uh, the odds that you're getting from there, then, and you like the the Kelsey for MVP, then you can take that that 17 to one here. There's also another MVP question that I want to bring up here before we get into our best bets to close out the show. Uh, Nathan, with kind of a sicko bet, which I, I, I'm, I'm all over here. Thoughts on Sam Darnold for MVP, 200 to one. Obviously, you need a lot of things to go your way here, mainly Purdy getting hurt in the first half. Um, Matt, you're laughing a bit. You want to share your thoughts on this? It's just, I, it is, this is like such a degenerate question, but like, it's, you know, this is the stuff that you think about when it it comes time for the Super Bowl. Uh, I love it. Um, I would not be betting that, but but like, you know, I'm, I'm notoriously like a sort of conservative in the Mm decision-making, but um, no, I mean, I think the odds of like 200 to one, I think this wouldn't need to be more like, 500 to one or like a thousand to one for me really like to consider it because like the 49ers have to win um sam darnold has to come in early enough in the game for him to be able to accumulate enough yards it like you just kind of like parlay all of that together and it is just i feel like it's not 200 to one it's much longer than that yeah, and on top of that, you need like the receivers to not stand out. You need Christian McCaffrey to not stand out. Yeah. You need people on the defensive side of the ball to not stand out, right? You need Darnold to be the standout guy here. Jack, any thoughts on the the two hundred to one? I saw you laughing there a bit too. Yeah, I, I was laughing um, at the just the degeneracy factor of it, and, I love it. and yeah, imagining I imagining showing up to a Super Bowl and and you know your friend asks you what you bet on, and you <laughs> you tell him Sam Darnold two hundred to one. Um, but I, I think I probably am not going to bet it, but just trying to, I like think through that's, you know, one out of 200, um, one out of 201 actually, I guess, but let's say that there's a two to 3% chance that Brock Purdy gets hurt in a game, um, maybe two to 4%. Um, if you assume the injuries are, are equally distributed, which I don't know if they are, um, then you need a first half injury from Purdy. So let's say one to 2% of a first half injury um that gets you to like one percent which is a hundred to one you need the Niners to win um and with Darnold I think they'd be a dog to the Chiefs um so that already gets you around 200 to one or so um and then you need Darnold to also beat out the other 49ers weapons so I think these are just if you disagree with my percentage rough estimations on any of that then you very well like could get to a spot where 200 to one is a good bet. Um, but just from those random numbers, I kind of made up off the top of my head. I think that it would be a little bit uh, longer than 200 to one. Yeah. That's I, a think great way to- I think it's a lot longer than 200 to one. And and I actually don't think that your numbers are all that wrong. Like uh two to 4%, uh, like that is the probability of a quarterback getting injured at any point in a game. So like, that is fine. And, and thinking about, yeah, how it's probably evenly distributed. And I think that's right. Like, yeah, there's maybe a 1% chance that Brock Purdy gets injured in the first quarter or first half of the game. Uh, and then, yeah, at that point, the 49ers are significant dogs, uh, not just because there's probably a downgrade from Purdy to Darnold, but Darnold hasn't like practiced 
like as the starter for this game. So a lot of the game plan would probably need to change. And to Jason's point, it's not just at that point, the 49ers need to win. The 49ers need to win. And Sam Darnold needs to be the reason they won. Mm. You you put all that together and it's like, no, I'm, no it needs to be longer than 201. Yeah, I, I like I like the thought process here. I don't want to like, we're not scoffing at you, Nathan. We appreciate right. you, Nathan. You're like a, an OG chatter in the chat. Yeah. We love him over here at Forward Progress. It's just working through it. Right. No, this is, I mean, this is great. Like, I love having to think about, like, you should be asking yourself, like, mm-hmm. questions like this. Because if it's not Sam Darnold, like, it's someone, like, there are opportunities in all of the Super Bowl markets. So, like, you have to think about, like, the scenarios. And I would say, like, maybe, um, like, the scenario of like, oh, bet the SGP, like there's no market for Sam Darnold. So if you like, Darnold, this would be the market for betting. But like, you do want to think about like where the markets for like all the Super Bowls like might be exploitable. So I do like thinking about this. And I will say like, it also depends on like your, uh, your risk tolerance yes. and like your yeah. type of degeneracy. Like if, if you have this thought on Sam Darnold at 200 to one and you don't bet it, and it somehow happens like are you the kind of person who can live with yourself you know what i mean like it, so like some people couldn't they just they would absolutely hate themselves for the next year and so i'll just say like know yourself as a better and like what it is that you can and can't tolerate and then like you know if it's like look if this doesn't hit or if it does hit and i'm not on it like i'm going to hate myself fine. put like 5 bucks on it or like whatever it is but you know like know yourself as a better yeah, that, that's a good point there. And Zachary uh, Jameson in, in the chat saying Nick Bolton 620. I think that's more of so a joke as well here. I'm just wondering what Blaine Gabbard is to win MVP here. So uh, anyways, let's uh, let's move on our best bets to close out the show here. Then we have two more uh, props in the in, in the chat that we'll get to right after our best bets. Matt, we'll start with you to close out the show. Uh, give us one of your best bets for the Super Bowl. Okay, so this, uh, this bet that I want to highlight, I will just say up front, like apologies, it is not available at all sports books. And so it's at DraftKings, but it's not even available at every state where DraftKings is. So apologies for that. But I want to highlight it because I feel like it's the type of bet that shows the expansiveness of the prop menu that we have for the Super Bowl. And that bet is Patrick Mahomes under 21 and a half DraftKings points. Um, and I'll just say, like, I am super partial to fantasy points, like fantasy point props in general. Right. Um, there was one book, uh, a number of years ago that posted them, had no idea what they were doing. I, I bet, I bet that as hard as I could for as long as I could before I was backed off and they stopped posting them. But like, that was the foundation of my bankroll was like exploiting that opportunity. So anytime I see fantasy points, uh, in a prop, absolutely love it. Now for Mahomes, if you look at, um, what he's done this year, regular season 16 games went over 21 and a half DraftKings points and just three of those uh his highest in the playoffs has been 18.6 i was projected at 18.6 uh and then i'll say the matchup is tough uh going against the 49ers number five in defensive drawback epa the last time mahomes went over this number was week seven like that was a long ass time ago like week Mm -hmm. seven and that was against the chargers you know like who gave it up to everybody like the 49ers are not the Chargers. Uh, they have allowed in just 18 real games this year. So not counting week 18 when they weren't playing for anything, but in their like representative 18 games this year, they allowed quarterbacks to go over 21 and a half draft games points just five times. So like from the Mahomes perspective, I think this number is unrealistic from the 49ers perspective. 
I think this number is unrealistic. Like, I know this isn't widely available, but like, this is an example of the type of opportunity that is out there just because it's the Super Bowl and because props uh, are posted on basically everything in the books. They just have no idea how to price a lot of this <laughs> stuff accurately. Yeah. Uh, all right. I love that. That was Patrick Mahomes under 21 and a half uh, fantasy points over. You can find that on DraftKings. Jack, uh, let's go with your best bet here. Uh, you have like kind of two best bets, but one, let's give out the one that's like more widely available. And then you can mention the other one as well here. So uh, take it away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think either of these are super widely available, um, <laughs> but you know, Mahomes fantasy points, we're going to get, we're going to get even more uh, degenerate here, I guess. And we're going to go with Kyle uh, Uzcheck under one and a half targets. Um, and then there's also a, some under two and a half PPR fantasy points out there. Um, that you'll have to dig uh, a little bit for because it's definitely not widely available. But um, last week, Juszczyk had three targets, two receptions, 33 yards. He ran a route on 47% of dropbacks, which tied his second highest mark of the season. Um, that was obviously the conference championship. So maybe you could think like there's some signal and it's getting deep in the playoffs. They want to use them, but they played an equally uh, tight game script. Um, I, I guess it was it was different game script against Green Bay, but it was a tight game throughout, which I think should be the expectation here. And uh, Juszczyk only ran around on 27% of dropbacks, which was below his season average. Uh, on the season, he's at 0.09 targets per route run, which is pretty awful. Um, and he's only gotten two plus targets in five of 17 regular season games and then obviously one of two playoff games. Uh, so just game log watching. It is in our favor. Uh, the The story on fantasy points is similar. I'm kind of just using the fantasy points bet as a way to like get more down on on use check fades. Um, but but yeah, um, Kyle use check unders. Uh, I'm just curious your thoughts here, just quickly. Uh, his reception total is uh, is at a half. Obviously, if his targets are at one and a half, um, best price I can find is plus one twenty five, and his receiving yards are three and a half. Uh, best price I found is a minus. Uh, one ten here. Any thoughts on those? Would you? I know you'd probably rather go with the other ones, but do you like? Like, let's say you're not available to get. Uh, you don't have those outs that are available that you mentioned there. Um, would you be still interested in those? Yeah, I think I like the uh, the under half reception better than the the yards. He only has one catch under three yard or three and a half under three and a half yards all year. Um, so if he gets a catch, it's probably four more yards so at that point i'd much rather take the the plus one in 25 rather than the minus 110 minus 115 or whatever you can get on the three and a half yards um but yeah i, I don't mind that either all right sounds good and frederick is asking if there's any way to, for such props to, to bet these props as a european dm jack dm matt freeman on twitter you can ask them directly because honestly i cannot tell you i have no idea you gotta let us know what your available outs are and maybe we can help you down the down the road here but i know both these guys have their dms open so uh please or, or dm me if you want to but uh yeah feel free, feel free to dm us on twitter at any time sorry guys for putting you on the spot you can dm me on twitter maybe i shouldn't say you guys but anyways uh there's two more two more props that, that are mentioned in the chat here i just want to get your guys quick thoughts before we uh sign 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 off uh justin watts he's asking us uh he or he likes excuse me he likes mvs and kittle for their longest reception he's taking them uh on the over and mvs is at 13 13 and a half minus 110 is what I found uh, for the over there for uh, MVS. And then Kittle is 20 and a half uh, minus 112 for the uh, over 20 and a half uh, for his best price. Jack, you're the, the longest reception guy here. You're it's your like uh, stake, stake your claim on it. So tell us a little bit about those. Do you like those? You don't like those? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I can look up uh, exactly what we have 
for our our longest um, reception. We have yeah. Kittle like basically right at that line. We have uh, projection wise twenty as what we're projecting uh, for his longest reception. So I think given the juice, that would probably be a no bet for MVS. We actually it's it's similar. We have twelve, um, which actually would be under. Um, I I do think that. I mean, last week he led the Chiefs in routes, which is pretty incredible. Um, so just given the increased usage in the playoffs, I think that that's slightly interesting. Um, but he's just been such a poor target earner the entire season. It, it's hard for me to tell, like, are these playoff performances signal or, or is it just kind of like noisy target earning that, that we haven't seen the whole year? Um, so, yeah, I, I probably won't bet either of those, to be honest, but I, I do get the logic. Yeah. All right. I, uh, we, I think we talked about that on the Wednesday show as well. Um, Matt, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Justin mentioned after that, another, uh, another comment in here. Uh, if you're feeling degenerate MVS under one and a half receptions over 24 and a half receiving yards uh, at 11 to one, uh, like that's interesting. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is something that um, I don't know if any, anyone's read the the book interception Um by uh, the guys who wrote uh, Logic of Sports Betting. Um, I think it's a pretty sharp book. And one of the things that they mentioned was that a lot of books can be exploitable uh, in their SGPs based on how they correlate stuff with especially like particular type of players. And MVS would be one of those guys where most books would say there's uh, correlation you know, with a guy having more receptions and more yards. But with someone like MVS, who only needs like one reception to get like 40 yards or something like that, just kind of depending like on how things unfold, like there could be significant value there. So like, yeah, I actually kind of like that one of like, if you are bullish on MVS, there's still a a scenario where he has over 24 and a half receiving yards, but only one reception. So uh, that might be an interesting way of attacking it. Yeah. And Frederick seems like I got to move to Europe because he's saying that over 18 and a half and the under one and a half receptions is 11 to one there. So he's getting like, what is it? Six, seven yards there and uh, getting the same price. So yeah, that's a great point. Always shop around here. And then, Finally, Arthur is asking if uh, MVS longer reception in the game, fourteen to one. I think I would just probably go with the uh, that SGP there. I don't know what you guys would say, but uh, that'd just be me, Matt. Any thoughts? I'm going to kick it to Jack first while I think about okay. it a little bit, since he's the longest reception guy. Jack, any thoughts? We we actually at some point this week will have that market priced out. I don't think we have it yet. Um, I'm a little scared to fade. I, I feel like one of the San Francisco guys has got to be pretty likely or Kelsey or Rice, mm. just given like, you know, MVS is probably going to have two targets, three targets. Um, I feel like 14 to one, I might want even better odds than that. But that is purely like off the cuff. And later in the week, I do think that at ETR, we plan on modeling that out. So I could, if you DM me, I could give you a better answer. And a few days hint hint nudge nudge go follow jack miller zero two on twitter that's at jack miller zero two on twitter and also go follow etr if you're not doing that what are you doing Matt, if you want to give your thoughts yeah. here before we close it yeah. out yeah like i'm thinking like the most he probably gets is four targets in the game and maybe like two and a half three that's more realistic i probably don't want yeah i probably want longer than 14 to one if he's going even though he's running so many routes if he's still, you know, running a number of those routes, uh, when he's being ignored, they kind of don't matter so much. And um, yeah, I'd probably want longer than fourteen to one. 
Sounds good. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate all your questions in the comment section here. Going to close out the show right now, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in throughout the year uh, on Forward Progress here for our props show. We love the chat interaction. It's been great today. Uh, if you're if you're interested in looking for and you're looking for more props, we have a giant Super Bowl prop extravaganza going live at noon Eastern. Both Matt and Jack will be there, as well as John, as well as. 27 other guests we're gonna have th over 30 guests on the show it's gonna be a lot of fun a five hour long live stream at noon eastern on wednesday so wednesday before the super bowl at noon eastern if you're working try and take the day off if you're looking to bet these uh these props because they most likely some of them will be moving in real time here so uh if you suddenly catch a cold on tuesday night make sure you tell your boss uh that you, you need the rest of the day off on wednesday um and yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. This is the last show for us here uh, on, on the Friday Prop Show for this season. It's a little bittersweet for me. I had a lot of fun doing it with you guys. So Matt, thank you. Jack, thank you. And then John as well. Thank you to all, all three of you guys for sticking through uh, the entire year with us here on Forward Progress. And all of you see, thank you to the listener as well. As well, We wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't here. Uh, last thing I want to say is just also Super Bowl. It's a big, big event. You're going to be probably surrounded by family and friends. Always bet within your means and play responsibly as well as drink responsibly, guys. Make sure you have a safe ride home. Uh, and yeah, just be safe uh, for these large events here. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate it. Before you head out, if you can hit that like button, we'd be great for us here in the algorithm. And if you're new here, hit that subscribe button as well. Like I said, we got a little bit more content coming your way for the Super Bowl. So for myself, for Matt, for Jack, this has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. Guys, good luck on your Super Bowl bets.